I am afraid his attention is much given to material things, Chen Li observed in a mild way, while Tamaras strove in the distance, lifting up the great carved-out slab of stone which should form the central part of the floor of the pavilion. A curious opinion to hear from a dragon, who were nearly all of them inclined to extreme attachment to material things, but perhaps her long stretches in the air over the barren distances of the Australian deserts and the southern Pacific had inclined the great winged Chinese courier to adopt a philosophy more suited to her lot. "'It is, of course, an admirable work,' she added, "'but such attachments inevitably must lead to suffering.' Lawrence answered her with only a small part of his attention. Temera had managed to get to the slab aloft, and Lawrence now waved the team of men forward to raise the skids which should guide it into its final resting place. But even this immediate work did not hold his thoughts. Those were bent upon the low hut some ten yards distant, under a stand of trees, and the coolest place in their ragged encampment, where Hammond lay recovering, and with him all the world come back to knock at Lawrence's threshold when he had thought it done with. The slab swayed uncertainly in mid-air, then steadied as it reached the long wooden braces. Tamara sighed out his breath and lowered slowly away, and the stone scraped bark and shreds of wood down onto the workers as the slab eased gently down and settled in, the men backing away with their staves as it slid. Well, and a miracle it is no one was crushed or lost a hand, Mr. O'Day said, with something of an air of disappointment as he paid off the men with their tots of rum and a few coins of silver. He had made a great many predictions of disaster over Temeraire's obstinate determination to have the single enormous slab of beautifully marbled stone preserved at the heart of his pavilion. "'It would have been quite criminal to cut it up smaller,' Temeraire said, "'and spoil the pattern. Not that I do not admire mosaics very much, particularly if they are made of gems, but this is quite out of the common way.' even though some might say it is just ordinary rock. He had finished inspecting all the supports, sniffing at the fresh mortar anxiously, and now sank down with some relief beside Lawrence and Shenley for a drink of water from the flowing stream. Do you not agree? It is very handsome, Shenley said, although I can see no evil in admiring it in the valley where it was formed. I do not mean to be rude, Lawrence, Temeraire said quietly aside when she had turned her attention elsewhere. But Shen Li can be rather dampening to one's spirits, although I must be grateful to her for being so obliging as to come and bring us letters and visitors. How kind of Mr. Hammond to travel so long away to see us. Yes, Lawrence said soberly, as he undid the wrappings on the mail, a large and heavy scroll wrapped on rollers of jade, for Temeraire from his mother Chan which accompanied a book of poetry, and a thick, sealed packet which Lawrence turned over several times, and at last had to remove the outer layer of covering to find it addressed to Gong Su, with no more direction than his name. "'Thank you, Captain,' Gong Su said, and taking it went into his own small lean-to. Shortly Lawrence could see him performing the Chinese ritual of obeisance to it, and supposed it must be a communication from his father. There was also more incongruously a heavily crossed note for a Mr. Richard Shipley. "'Can this be for you, Mr. Shipley?' Lawrence asked, doubtfully, wondering how a former convict should have come by a correspondent in China. "'Aye, sir,' the young man said, taking it. "'My brother's in the willow tree as runs the Canton route. I'm much obliged to you.' Chun Li had brought also a small mailbag to be passed along to Sydney.
but these were all the letters directed to the members of their own small company of labourers. Lawrence closed up the bag. O'Day would take it to Port Jackson tomorrow, and perhaps Hammond would go along with it. His business might well be there, with Captain Rankin, who, after all, was the senior officer of the Corps in this country. Lawrence could not persuade himself to believe it, however. While the cows roasted on spits for the dragon's dinner, he walked out over the newly laid floor of the pavilion to its edge and looked down upon the broad valley, already sprouting with the first seed crops, and the browsing herd of sheep and cattle lowing soft to one another in the late afternoon. The war was only a distant storm passing on the other side of the mountains, a faint, far-away noise. Here there was peace and honest labour, without the clinging stink of murder and treachery which seemed to have by slow octopoid measures attached itself to his life. Lawrence had found himself content to forget the world and to be forgotten by it.